Hi, I'm Paul Johnson. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Life Support. Generally, we just don't have a discussion of mental health. You know, mental health is just destroying our country as it is. I mean, majority of people with mental health problems never receive any treatment. It, it dramatic, you know, half of all the people in prison have a mental health problem. I mean, uh, it affects every aspect of our culture, but we never talk about it. Neuropsychologist Dr. Matthew Stanford is our guest today as we come to you on location from Orlando, Florida. Dr. Stanford's research on the interplay between psychology and faith has been featured in publications worldwide. Welcome to Life Support. Everything you do from then on is different. One of the detectives, I think his name was He was Derek. a golden boy. All we can do right now is come Extreme together. Extreme domestic violence, multiple rapes. Life Support is hosted by Pastor Paul Johnson from Ridgewood Church in Minnetonka, Minnesota. My name is Steve Johnson, director of Five Stone Media, a co-sponsor of this program. And our goal, as always, is to use story to bring hope and healing. And now let's join the conversation between Pastor Paul and Dr. Stanford. Hey, so glad you've joined us on Life Support. We're coming to you from the Waymaker World Conference in Orlando, Florida sponsored by the American Association of Christian Counselors. We're talking with mental health professionals that are really good at what they do and they want to point you to Christ. And that's the goal of our program, too. In suffering and trauma, many times is where God reaches down and touches us in the deepest places, and we want to know that Jesus is with you. Matthew Stanford is my guest. He's uh, the CEO of the Hope and Healing Center and Institute, Ph.D. from Baylor. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. We were talking last time uh, you visited with us a little bit about the the issues of mental health and church and recognizing it and being willing to talk about it. I wonder if we could talk about our children for a moment. Okay. Because they are now the new battleground of this whole vaccine war and the mask war. And so I've got 14-year-old twins who are going to high school for the first time. Uh, they don't have to wear a mask. But right down the road, there's a school district that they have to wear a mask. Uh, some parents are pulling their kids out of school because they have to. Some kids, some parents are pulling their kids out of school because they want them to. How are our kids even dealing with all this? I mean, parents can't get along. What's kids, this doing to our kids? The kids are not dealing with it well. I mean, if you look at the data on kids and mental health issues since the start of the pandemic, I mean, one study came out that said, uh, you know, 50% of the parents of teens are reporting that their teen now has a worsened or new mental health condition since the start of the pandemic. And when you expose children, particularly younger children, to these adult issues, you know, like, you know, kind of these culture war mask arguments and stuff like that, they simply don't have the cognitive and verbal abilities to deal with that. So, you know, if they see you having a lot of fear, uh, they're modeling you. They're, they're modeling to try to learn to be resilient and deal with stress. And so if you're, you know, absolutely freaking out, uh, because your school district is, is mandated that your child wear a mask, uh, they don't see that as a constitutional issue. They, they see, they, they're not able to process it at that level. And so you're damaging your child, okay? And so, um, you know, we can get into, I mean, my PhD is in neuroscience. I've worked in hospitals my entire life. Uh, you know, we can get into an argument real easy if you want to about the usefulness of mask. Uh, and you just tell me that, you tell me they don't work, and I'll just tell you that's fine. Next time you have surgery, just tell your surgeon not to wear a mask. The surgeon doesn't wear a mask to keep himself protected. He wears a mask to protect you. 
And that's why masks have been mandated in places. They're, we're protecting those around us in case we have the virus and we're coughing or sneezing. It's not an issue of trying to keep the virus from getting into your body. It's trying to keep it from getting out of your body onto others. And isn't that what the church wants to do? We want to help others. We want to protect others. Uh, you know, I look a lot to uh, Martin Luther wrote an extremely long letter, unfortunately, 14 pages long during the Black Plague. Wait a minute. Now, you went to Baylor. I know. Are you allowed to read Martin Luther? I, well, I actually was raised a kind Lutheran. Kind of in the back closet? I or? was raised a oh, Missouri Synod Lutheran. Gotcha. And, and as my mother said, the only real Lutheran. And so, <laughs> uh, so I, you know, but Martin Luther wrote this great letter. He was asked by a, a, a colleague, was it okay for Christians to flee the plague? To, to run, to get away from the plague? Or did that show a lack of trust in God? Or was that a, a going beyond our calling? Uh, and Luther basically gave a you know, very detailed e explanation. But he basically said, as believers, uh, you know, we're going to do what we're asked to be, is ask of us by the, you know, they used to fumigate and wear masks. And we're going to do what we're asked to do because we, we've been told by God uh, to obey the governmental authorities. But we're also going to care for those around us. If we are in positions like pastor or governor or mayor, if we've been placed in positions where we're supposed to care for people, we're not going to flee because we're going to, we're going to meet our calling. If we're just a citizen who just is supposed to care for themselves or their family, well, then it's okay to leave. And I think the same thing here. I mean, what, what are we doing? Uh, and, and again, I don't, we don't need to get into a discussion whether masks work or not or whether vaccines work or not. But what are we saying to the population about the way we're acting? We're acting more like politicians than Christians. Christians care about people. Jesus cared about broken people. We're acting more like we're worried about ourselves. And so back to children, what we're seeing are dramatic increases in depression, anxiety, particularly in female, young females, but really numbers we've never seen before, increases in suicide in these uh, young individuals because of the isolation, the fear, but also because of this overarching kind of discussion, argument, debate that's going on. They simply don't know how to process it, uh, and we're crushing them. And so step back for a moment and don't worry so much about your constitutional rights and worry about your child and worry about uh, your neighbor uh, because I think that's what Jesus would say. We need to worry about our neighbor. I think he said something about yeah, that. Yeah, he said something. I was in yeah. a book I read one time. I think time. it was in the royal law yeah. or something. But, you know, but the thing is, is that, you know, we're not doing that. And, and our children are suffering. And, and the isolation is really damaging them. Uh, and we're more worried about whether they have to wear a mask or not and less worried about the fact that they're just being crushed by this. Yeah. Those are, those are really good words. And I watch my 14-year-old boys, and they're trying to grapple with all of this and i saw them go backwards last year in their social skills and absolutely you know and, and again i'm not that's not a blaming statement it's just the reality of of what happened right and, i mean i have a 15 year old son he's a sophomore now and so last year you know it was his freshman year and he had to do most of it from home yeah. uh he literally he was begging me to send him back to school He's like, and, and he, let me just say, he doesn't particularly, he likes to, he goes to school to play football. Okay, that's what he does. And so, uh, you know, but he's like, I hate this. I hate being at home. I hate not seeing my friends. I, I hate not seeing my teachers. I mean, he, uh, and this is, you know, he's a good student, but it's not, he's not drawn to school. He just doesn't love school. But this is, it sounded like it was a kid who just loved school because he recognized the, the lack of social interaction was not good for him. 
and he also realized, as many have, you're simply not getting as good of an education. So we have a, a, a group of children who are, I just saw some data the other day, I mean, they're, they're as much as a year to year and a half behind academically, uh, and that's going to haunt us for years to come. And again, these arguments over mask mandates and things like that are not helping our children. Now, I know someone would disagree with me on that. That's okay. But the, the reality is, is I'm telling you as a mental health care provider, uh, the mental health of your child is more important on whether, than whether they have to wear a mask or not. Let that one go, and let's focus on the other issues. From an overall perspective, when this whole thing hit, and we've kind of turned everything over to the epidemiologists, mm -hmm. and the mental health thing has sort of been in the background, maybe catching up a little bit now. Is that because we don't value mental health or because we can't see it? Well, I think, you know, I think generally we just don't have a discussion of mental health. You know, mental health is just destroying our country as it is. I mean, majority of people with mental health problems never receive any treatment. It, it, it you know, half of all the people in prison have a mental health problem. I mean, uh, it affects every aspect of our culture, but we never talk about it. And, you know, with the pandemic, when you turn... I mean, the CDC was supposed to be in charge of this, but they weren't, you know. And so, so you know, scientists, you know, we're, we're learners, you know. And so we know what we know today, but it might change tomorrow because we learn new stuff. So, you know, people aren't used to that. And so they hear constantly things changing. So they go, well, these guys don't know what they're doing, so we're not going to believe them. Uh, and so, you know, I think that, um, you know, that's been a real problem there in, in that in that sense. And so... It's, uh, you know, it's a struggle for people to understand why would one day someone say one thing and another day they say, well, no, we were wrong. Well, that's scientists do that all the time. Uh, that's science. It changes all the time. Science is not, you know, it's learning. Uh, and, and I think people struggle with that because they, when they think about their government, they want facts and, and absolute accuracy, and, uh, and that's difficult. And, you know, there hasn't been a country that's really handled this well, really. Yeah, it's been uh, all over the place, yeah. but nobody's dealt with this before either. So. No, I mean, you know, the pandemics we had in the past were during periods of time in which, you know, we were, I mean, one of the things is if you look at the Spanish flu epidemic of the, you know, 1917, 18, uh, there were big protests on not wearing masks then. Uh, and, uh, and so, you know, this isn't a new thing. I mean, people don't like to be told what, you know, I mean, that's human nature. That's, that's yeah. our sin nature. Nobody likes yeah. to be told what to do, no matter what it is. You know, if they told us all to wear a red shirt, we would yeah. No, I like blue shirts, you know. Right. And so Jesus wore a blue shirt kind of thing. So, you know, it, it's just, you know, nobody likes to be told what to do, whether they're in a church or not. Uh, and so, I, you know, I can, I can certainly appreciate that. But I, I think really we have to, as Christians, we do have to step back and we have to say, you know, God has called us to put others before ourselves. And so how can I put my neighbor, you know, their needs before my needs? Uh, how can I protect my family? But how can I, you know, take care of my neighbor as well? And the more obstacles we throw up with these, these ideological issues or, you know, this yeah. culture war stuff, the less opportunity we have to share with those who don't know Jesus about Jesus. Amen to that. And then really, ultimately, Amen when it's all that. said and done... That's it. People that, are still making decisions about their eternity, whether it's a pandemic or not. Absolutely. And, and, you know, whether you win the argument about a mask or not, you can win the argument. But the person that you might have just won the argument with may still spend an eternity apart from God because yeah. now you had never had an opportunity to share with them. So, you know, I, I'm not saying they're not important issues. I'm just saying they're not the most important issues. I, I agree with you. 
We'll be back to the conversation with Paul and Dr. Stanford in a moment. Today's program is taped on location from the American Association of Christian Counselors Conference in Orlando, Florida. My name is Steve Johnson, Executive Director of Five Stone Media, and we're so pleased to be a co-sponsor of this program. We use story to bring hope and healing for those in need of change. And for more about our story-based resources, log on to www.lifesupportresources.org. And now back to Pastor Paul. God has called us to put others before ourselves. And so how can I put my neighbor, you know, their needs before my needs? Uh, how can I protect my family? But how can I, you know, take care of my neighbor as well? And the more obstacles we throw up with these, these ideological issues or, you know, this yeah. culture war stuff, the less opportunity we have to share with those who don't know Jesus about Jesus. Amen to that. And then really, ultimately, Amen when it's all that. said and done, that's it. People that, are still making decisions about their eternity, whether it's a pandemic or not. Absolutely. And, and you know, whether you win the argument about a mask or not, you can win the argument, but the person that you might have just won the argument with may still spend an eternity apart from God because yeah. now you had never had an opportunity to share with them. So, you know, I, I'm not saying they're not important issues. I'm just saying they're not yeah. the most important yeah, issue. I, I agree with yeah. you. Matthew Stanford is our guest. We're down here in Orlando with uh, Christian Counselors. He's the CEO of the Hope and Healing Center and Institute. So if you were sitting at my kitchen table with my wife and I. By the way, you're always welcome. I appreciate that. Um, we don't probably cook as well as they do in Texas, but, you know, we can put on a, I can grill a burger for you. Um, how would you say, what would you say to us to help protect our children? You talked about the fact that a lot of this is crushing our children. Right. So what are some proactive things that we can do to help our kids thrive in the midst of this chaos that we're in right Absolutely. now? Absolutely. I, I think, number one, I think you have to... Um, you have to limit the amount of, of news and media that you're getting because, you know, frankly, most of it's garbage. It's not, we don't get much news anymore. We get commentary. Yeah. Uh, and so it's overwhelming. And so, you know, like my, me personally, I, uh, I have a process where I, um, I get, um, I get my, I look at the several uh, websites in the morning to get some news and I watch, uh, uh, one news program in the evening, and that's it. I, I minimize the amount of news. I, I want to be informed, but I also want to make sure I'm not overwhelmed with the talking points. I think number two, you don't expose children to adult problems. I mean, they're obviously exposed to the pandemic, but they don't need to be exposed to your uh, concerns, your anger about this or that. A mask, a mask mandate issue is not a child's issue. That's an adult issue. And so if you don't believe that your child should be wearing a mask to school, but your ISD has uh, mandated that, having a fit at home about that and how their constitutional rights are being violated and then sending them off to school, that damaged them. Okay. I mean, you, you need to, if you want to work to get those masks taken care of, you do that in the background, not with your child. I think a, a, another thing is I think you need to sit down and have a conversation with your child. How is this affecting you, the pandemic? How is, you know, how is it affecting them? How do they feel about it? Are they afraid? Have conversations, have daily conversations uh, about this, you know, so that they can have an opportunity to, to, to get those emotions out and, and kind of learn how to express themselves. And, you know, I think, I think finally, I think you have to not stop living. I, I think yeah. that that's what a lot of people have done. And that is that, you know, 
look at it as an opportunity to spend more time at home with your child. You know, work in game night, uh, you know, have devotionals. I mean, watch a movie. I mean, we have all this media at home. Take advantage of that. I mean, you know, spend time with your children, spend time with your family. Uh, don't stop living just because a pandemic is going on. And I think that's what a lot of people, you know, you should have days where you don't talk about the pandemic. And if you're not doing that, then I think you're damaging yourself as well. Much better to talk about football. Absolutely. I mean, you know, if, if you can't, if there isn't any active football, watch some old <laughs> football. But I mean, the thing is, is I've seen so many people just stop living. And yeah. I do know that because yeah. of the mitigating factors I and mean, some people have lost their jobs and there's sure. a lot of economic issues and things like that. But even then, I mean, let's say there was no pandemic and you lost your job. Well, that is a, a stressor in a family. You're not going to stop living. You're still going to want your children to be educated. You still want your children to be connected to the Lord. You still want to grow in your relationship with your child. Don't let this thing take absolute control of your life because we will come out of this at some point and you want to be healthy on the back side of it. You don't want to have such a bomb go off that basically you can never recover uh, as a result. And we want culture to see Christians as sane, loving people. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the Luther and that, and that those, the Protestants of that time, they went through the Black Plague. You know, they dealt with it. Uh, they were. They that was were, bad. It was very bad. You know, a third of the population yeah. of the earth died. I mean, they, you know, and they were heroes of that. They took care of people and cared for people. And, and so, you know, there's a real opportunity here. But again, if you step back for a moment, take a breath and focus on your child and your family. And don't be so concerned about what someone's telling you to do or not to do. I, I think you know, most parents will figure it out and know that this is an opportunity for me to help my child become more resilient uh, and learn to deal with this type of thing as opposed to kind of crush them with, my, with the concerns I have. How would you counsel a pastor to stay mentally healthy yeah, pastors are during in a, this time? You know, they're in a tough way. I mean, I, I know my own pastor's in a tough way because I, you know, just can tell from the letters he sends out to the church. I mean, he, you know, I sent a letter out about, you know, I know it said something like, you know, I know a lot of you have strong feelings about masks, but, blah, blah, blah. you know, so yeah. it has these qualifiers on it. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say this again, a pastor has to take care of themselves and their family first before they can make sure that they're healthy enough to minister to others. If they're not healthy, they can't minister effectively. So step back and take care of yourself and your family. How are you feeling about this? If you do need someone to talk to, you know, talk to your friend, talk to an elder, talk to uh, a counselor. Uh, how is your family doing? Get your family in a healthy... And then then I think you have to say again, there's always going to be something. It, either it's a pandemic or it's a hurricane. I mean, I went, I was a, a day late here because I, had a, I was in Houston and we had a hurricane on Monday. So there's always something that's going to happen. It's a fallen world, you know. There's never a really good day, you know. And so, so something's going to come along. So how can I best minister the message of Christ to people in the situation we're in right now. If we're having conversations about, you know, if we're having day-long arguments about whether we should have mask or no mask in the church, how many people came to know the Lord that day because of that? Or whether we're dispensationalists yeah. or... Exactly. I mean, mean, we've been, unfortunately, is, doing this for a long time. Yeah. Because, you know, oh, should we have a the, the Bible study by this lady or not have yeah. the Bible? You know, that. Yeah. so the thing is, is step back and, and, and focus on what the most important things are. The most important thing 
is bringing people to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. It is, you know, so I think, you know, I've heard pastors say before, well, any program we have, you know, you have to make sure that, you know, that is the, you know, the, the core of that program. Okay, well, I, I think it has to be the same thing in the context of keeping your people safe. Uh, you know, and, and you do want to keep your people safe, you know, but, you know, the, we don't need to try to make some cultural statement about whether masks are a good thing or whether our constitutional rights are, and the only rights we have are the ones that God gave us. You know, I hate to tell people, but the Constitution was not, it's not in my Bible, okay? And so, no, I think we kind of sign yeah. a lot of rights away when we become Jesus followers. Absolutely. I mean, and the, the thing is, is that, you know, he's in control and he's certainly sovereign over a pandemic. And, and we have to remember that. Uh, but, I mean, we have to be smart. Well, let's not be dumb. Okay. I did see the Constitution in the Patriots Bible, but I'm not oh, sure that was there, there in the earliest uh, manuscripts. The earliest manuscripts, yeah. yeah I, you know, I just sure. think that, you know, how about, you know, if you want to wear a mask at church, you're welcome. And if yeah. you don't want to wear a mask at church, we have a social distancing section for you. But you're welcome. You know, everyone's yeah. welcome because we want you to hear the message of Christ uh, and we want you to feel comfortable coming in. I mean, we, we already do that to some extent. Churches have a blended service. Churches have a traditional service. Churches have this, have that. We already try to make people comfortable to draw them in. Why is this any different? Um, you know, we've, I, it's really disturbing to me to see how easily the church is drawn away from, I mean, its, its central message. Uh, just for nothing. Yeah. Really. Yeah, we made a decision early on. We're just going to follow the governor. And we're, we're going to, you know, I, I mean, mean, then we can blame him. <laughs> well, I mean, but the I thing mean, is, it makes sense because then people can track with that. The governor absolutely. said it. Okay, that's, that's what, what we're, we're going to do, do right? right? And Well, I mean, I think, you know, there's, again, there's that book we were talking about. It says for us to follow governmental authorities. Yeah. You know, I think Peter says in First Peter, honor the emperor, who ultimately would be the person who put him to death, and he Correct. said that. So, I mean, I think the fact is, is that, you know, we are supposed to stand out from the world, and, you know, we should be the ones that say, okay, well, the governor said to do this. We may not agree with it, but we're going to do it because we've been called to be obedient to our governmental authorities because we know that whether we like them or not, God put them in place. That's right. All right. We've got to get back to the Hope and Healing Center and Institute. Um, we've talked about mental health a lot. We've talked about some other things. What do you do there? The Hope and Healing Center, we have a comprehensive mental health clinic for people with serious mental illness. We provide a, a faith-based intervention. They go into about a year-long uh, outpatient program. Uh, we pay for everything, including their medication. It's all free. Uh, so we raise a lot of money for that. Most of the people that come there can't afford care. Uh, but one of the primary things to do is we go into faith communities and we train them to be uh, more involved uh, in access points for mental health care because we know people are more likely to go to churches first. Uh, so we train clergy and staff how to recognize mental health care problems, how to make referrals, uh, how to set up supportive services within those communities like uh, mental health coaches and support groups. We do that same training now in schools. Uh, training teachers and administrators how to recognize mental health care problems and help those children get to care. And we're also starting to work with large businesses. So for the Hope and Healing Center, it's all about getting people to care or increasing access to care. Because unfortunately, a majority of people in the U.S. with mental health problems never receive any treatment. Yeah, it's too bad. So how can I get in touch? Uh, to learn more about the Hope and Healing Center, just go to hopeandhealingcenter.org. Uh, if you're interested in our uh, church training or school training, you can go to our training website, which is mentalhealthgateway.org. Okay. Matthew Stanford, it's really nice to meet you. Thanks for spending some time with us. Thanks for having me. You know, if you remember, and I know you know Scripture, so you remember when Jesus spent some time with a Pharisee named Nicodemus. 
This is a guy who took a risk, and he met with Jesus. And they had this long discussion about the Holy Spirit and about being born again. And, he, and this, this Pharisee was trying to understand, and what did Jesus do? He listened. And he spoke with him, and he dialogued with him. And, and finally, Nicodemus, it appears, came to faith at some point. But Jesus went in there with, that, with, that, with his ears open listened to what this man had to say and showed that he genuinely cared about him. And that's what we're saying, too. And and here's the thing. As we care for others, Jesus will always care for you. He'll always give you the sustenance to do that. He'll always give you the wherewithal. I know you're exhausted. We're all exhausted. Don't feel bad about being exhausted. But God will help you, and I know he will because he's done that for me. Hey, I want to thank our sponsors here. We've got some great helpers for our program, the Faith Radio Network at MyFaithRadio.com. You can check out the video portion of this podcast at FiveStoneMedia.com. And check us out at Ridgewood Church as well at MyRWC.org. And we'll catch you next time right here on Life Support. This is Steve Johnson again, Executive Director of Five Stone Media. And we've had the privilege of creating the Life Support Series and the Life Support Resource Library. The library includes tools and resources that can help you be equipped to come alongside others who are suffering and in pain. Among the tools included are therapist webinars and blogs, sermon starters and transitions, short videos, small group material and conferences. You can find out more at this address. You can find out more at this address, www.lifesupportresources.org. And we'd love to introduce you to the material. This Life Support Program is a co-production of Five Stone Media and Ridgewood Church in Minnetonka, Minnesota. listening to this life support podcast these conversations are available because of listener support you can make a gift now at myfaithradio.com to avoid missing future editions of life support subscribe to the podcast today at itunes or your podcast player and thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and grow the impact of life support